Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s. On KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternatives. And hello. Oops. Let's turn some of this music down. Southern California, how are you today? I hope you're having a pleasant day. Actually, a pleasant month. Pleasant year. (laughs) A pleasant whatever. And once again, we are going to continue with another astrology topic today. So those of you that have ordered your charts are going to be very happy if you have them already. Because we've covered the houses, the 12 houses of life, a couple days ago. Yesterday we talked about combinations, houses, planets, signs, aspects. And today we're going to talk about astrological chart interpretation. Looking for the self in the chart. Chart revelation, revelation of individuality, revelation of uniqueness, revelation of self. Today is a very, very special topic as we take a look at an astrology chart to see how we can find the self. Okay, without any further ado, let's go into this topic, chart interpretation. Obviously, if you had recorded the show from two days ago, and if you've recorded yesterday's show and today's show, you would have yourself a nice class on introductory astrology. Also, if you do have your charts in front of you, thank you. It's a good idea to have your astroscopes or your natal charts laying right there in front of you, and that way you will better understand this topic. Well, when we interpret a chart, and actually when I give a reading, when people ask me for a general scan and a reading, if they come in to see me in person and they want to know about their lives, if they don't want to focus on any one particular area, then what they do is they ask me for a general scan. And this is my procedure. My procedure is to start at the rising sign and then take the cusp of every house. And if there's any planets in that house, discuss that significance. And then, depending on what the aspects are to that planet in a particular house, go on to that focus and cover all 12 houses in an interpretation reading. Remembering that even if a house has no planets in it, a house still contains the stellar vibration from the constellation that it represents. Usually two constellations are represented because Unless you are a zero-degree rising in equal house astrology and each of your houses goes from zero degrees of one sign to zero degrees in another sign, I'd say 99.7% of all people (laughs) have definitely two signs in each house. So there's a combination of energies for each individual house. And like I said, even if there are no planets in a house, we always look to the Lord to see where its location is, the planet that rules that house, where it's located in the chart, and how it cross-connects to house activities going on in that house. Now, let's take an example. Here, hand me a chart, sir. We happen to have a lucky winner in the studio here that's going to get his chart analyzed today. <laughs> okay, thank you, Eric. We have a guinea pig here. Okay, now I take it your natal planets must be the ones that are inside, right? The inside wheel. Yeah. Okay, okay. All right. Okay, now this gentleman is a Libra rising. First and foremost, what we want to do is we want to understand what this means. Now, most Libra Risings have basically enjoyable childhoods, meaning that there is an eventual balance that is set up for Libra Risings. In other words, happiness usually surrounds most Libra Rising childhoods. However, for most of us that are Libra Risings that have Scorpio included in that house, there is an intensity that is suddenly injected or an emotional trauma (laughs) that goes along with the eventual balance. 
So when we look at the first house, we always interpret the childhood depending on the sign on the horizon. I'll give you an example. A Virgo rising child may be expected to work very early in childhood. In other words, Virgo rising children, we find because Virgo rules work, will be given a lot of chores and obviously will adapt to those chores quite readily because they have work on the horizon in their chart, right? And also they'll be subject to service and health care or maintenance, a, a lot of doctor visits. For example, Leo rising childhoods will be people usually surrounding lots of energy, <laughs> Leo energy, usually dominant father or dominant mother that acts like a father or both, usually lots of creativity and Leo intensity, which means dominance or discipline. See how it means a cancer rising person would have a sensitive childhood, a nurturing childhood, an emotional childhood. So once again, to understand astrology, you must have the keywords down to each sign, to each planet, and to each house to understand how to interpret any chart. Now, Eric has Neptune in the first house. And once again, reminding you, astrology always is a science of combinations. First house Neptune is like having, even though it's not conjunct the ascendant, when Neptune's in the first house, it brings a Neptunian quality to the personality and to the character and to the appearance. And Neptune rules Pisces, so we see that Eric's personality is a Libra rising with Scorpio vibration added and Neptune, now Pisces vibration, so his character and his uniqueness can be identified through the Libra-Scorpio-Pisces combination. Hence the roundness of his appearance from the Piscean thing. He needs that insulation because it makes him very psychic because people with Neptune in the first house are normally and naturally very metaphysical and very psychic when you have Neptune rising in the first house. And also he has Jupiter at 13 Aries in conjunct. It squinks his Neptune in Scorpio. So there's a further intensity from an Aries vibration to his nature. So you don't want to make this man mad or upset because there's an Aries force or an explosion. You're laughing. You're giggling. Move close to the microphone. Is that true? Yeah. You have like a tiger and a lion inside of you then. Oh, yeah. You didn't know you were going to get this today, did you? No, I didn't. Well, this is what happens when you're a dedicated student. But uh, <laughs> I, I think for chart interpretation purposes, Eric, in order for us to teach people astrology, I need to go through house by house once in a while with one person's chart. Because you're here today, you're it. <laughs> so you, but you have this one on tape, right? Oh, uh, I hope so. It'll cost you two hundred dollars. <laughs> okay, let's continue. So, see, when we analyze an astrology chart, we always look at combinations. Other aspects that Eric has to that Neptune, he has Pluto sextile that Neptune. As far as his ascendant is concerned, he has a Sun in Gemini at seventeen degrees, trying his Libra twenty-one rising, which is wonderful for communication, for seminars, and for delivering a point. So excellent for sales, for service, for teaching. What do you do, Eric? I forgot what your career was. I work uh, in the uh, field with uh, airplanes and, and things like that. Do you have to use your voice a lot and teach or direct or give instructions to people at times? or uh, At times, yeah. Okay, so when you're pretty clear when you do that, I assume. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the Sun Trine Ascendant does give him a charismatic feel. Once again, we add the Sun represents Leo. So there's a Leo uh, vibration added to it. So we see, looking at an Eric's chart, because he's Libra rising and he does have Scorpio included in the first house, and now Neptune's in the first, in conjunct Jupiter, in Aries, and Sun trying his ascendant, we see a multi-combination. He's not just a normal Libra rising. He's Libra, Scorpio, Pisces, Aries, Leo with Gemini and Sag factors all included which means given any given day, you must have a multiple side to your personality, I would assume, right? Yeah. Which is very moody, and sometimes you can't tell when the moods will shift and when they do. 
And the best thing is that you're probably a reflection of whoever you're around. Right. All right. This is fun, isn't it? <laughs> We're zeroing in on this. Okay, let's move to Eric's second house. And because he is Libra rising in equal house astrology, his first house going from 21 Libra to 21 Scorpio. His second house begins 21 Scorpio and goes to 21 Sag. And we find zero planets. There are no planets in that second house. But we do know that because Scorpio is on the second house cusp and that there are at least 21 degrees of Sagittarius included in that second house, that his values and what is important to this being, this self, are Scorpio-Sagittarian values. Scorpio meaning life and death, passion and compassion, Sagittarius meaning freedom and philosophy and happiness and expansion and independence. Is that just about, Neil, what, what's oh, important yeah. to you in life? Definitely. Especially the passion part, right? <laughs> okay, whenever most Libra Risings are very passionate people because Scorpio is on the second house cusp, so sex is important to us. We look at Pluto because Pluto, of course, is Lord of Scorpio, and when there's nothing in that house to find out what's going on with what Eric really, truly loves, we go to the Lord of that house. So what are Eric's values? And Pluto is in Virgo. It's conjunct Mars. It's in the 11th house. So what's important to this man? Our 11th house, Virgo, matters. So that would be Virgo is work. Virgo is good health. 11th house are goals with conjunct Mars. Friends, also especially in focusing on male friends. And I would assume that all coincides too. You agree with that? Mm -hmm. So we're pretty much, we're nailing you pretty oh, yeah. good here. Okay. <laughs> now also, Pluto in the 11th house, obviously, because Pluto rules death. I don't know, have you ever had any friends die on you? Uh, quite a few in high school. So I, I yeah. imagine that you were pretty traumatically affected Definitely. by a rebirth from that. When you have Pluto in the 11th, you have the death planet in the house of friends, and oftentimes the karma can be subject to either tremendous transition in that area or just plain flat losing them. You have Uranus in the 11th house also, the planet of friends, so some of them might have died through violence or sudden accidents. Is mm -hmm. that, is it, did they die through violence? Uh, some of them, yeah. How many of your friends had died? Do you know? A lot? Like five, ten, or? Uh, about three? half a dozen. Amazing. God, that's amazing. So, you know, are you blown away by this topic today? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, okay. Okay, now, let's look further here. See, now, you students of astrology, I want you to understand how I'm picking this apart. See, like, if you understand what each sign means, and what each house means, and what each planet means, and what each aspect means, you can tie it all together and combine it all to understand each individual house vibration. And what you get out of this is a person. You get a quality or a uniqueness that is one of a kind. Because I don't know you, Eric, and I didn't talk to you before this show. Well, I, I've seen you before, and you've been down here, but I really don't know a whole lot about your life. Yeah, I'm sure you can agree with that. Right. Okay. So I'm pretty much looking at you like I look at all the people that call without knowing much that's going on. Now let's look at Eric's third house, where a lot is going on down here. The third house begins at 21 Sag and goes to 21 Capricorn. So as far as his mind is concerned or how the self thinks and communicates, there's a Sagittarian Capricorn flavor, which is very philosophical from the Sag and very ambitious from the Capricorn or logical. The man has a Capricorn moon. It is in the third house. It is trying his Pluto, Mars, Uranus, Stellium in Virgo, which rules genius. Because when you have third house planets and 11th house planets, remembering the third house planets is a Gemini factor. The 11th house planets is an Aquarian factor. You combine those two air signs with the fact that it is in Capricorn and Virgo, and you get a person that has a very technical mind, very scientific in nature, 
and engineering. Now, is that what you do with yourself? Are you an engineer or a technician of some kind? Um, I'm on my way there. <laughs> but you're, you're able to handle intense technical things. Unless, at least that's probably what interests you. Yeah. You like to discuss that. That's why you probably like astrology, too, because of its complexity. Right. Okay, so I also assume, and, and you told me you're into computers, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we, we have that third house, and it's, it's a brilliant quality, Eric, when you have three trines to a planet in the third house coming from the 11th, it gives you a gift for communication and a gift for teaching. You know, all this has been triggered by the Neptune transit in Capricorn, and now Saturn and Uranus are going over it also. So it appears that your goals are being triggered here. New friends are coming in, right. and you're being given things you've waited your whole life for right now. Definitely. So, you know, everything is coming about. The stars don't lie. <laughs> and at the same time, the Capricorn moon, even though it is well-aspected by the Virgo planets, it is still a wide square to Jupiter in Aries. Mm-hmm. So we know you have been put through a situation because the Capricorn is karma. It is suffering, through growth through suffering, that with the Jupiter square your moon, we know emotionally right. you can put yourself through a torrential emotional downpour of trauma if necessary, right? Definitely. Okay, so, and you also have, let's see, a south node in Capricorn, which means your most recent past life and where you have come from is have come from a third house vibration, which is a teaching communication media type vibration. Okay, now we are going to continue. And Erica, I, I know that I caught you off guard. You, I, I hope you don't mind me using your chart here. No problem. So we're going to talk about your sex life next. <laughs> no, actually, but anyway, uh, th- today's topic is called chart interpretation. And this is actually, I'm sharing with you exactly what I do when I'm in a reading with a person. If they pay the $200 and they want to hear about themselves, then in the 50-minute session, what I go over are all their planets in their 12th house and show them how to find themselves. If a person doesn't believe in astrology when he walks in my door, when he walks out, unless he's a total skeptic, his mind is usually pretty blown away at how I can nail some of the intricacies of his personality. So this topic is actually has a lot to do with proving the validity of how we can analyze planets in their signs and houses and by aspect to find the person, to find the individual that lies within. Okay, let's continue with this chart analysis here. And once again, what I am doing here is looking at each one of his houses. What signs on the cusp, what signs included in the house, any planets included in the house, how they're aspected to other planets, what signs and houses they're in, and also what the planetary lord is doing. By the way, the third house lord, because it's Sag is on the third house cusp, is Jupiter. And it is in Aries, and it is in the sixth house. So this guy expresses himself best, communicates best at work, because it's a sixth house feature, and also uh, because Gemini, the third house vibration, rules the nerves, he would channel his nervousness probably through work situations. Okay, let's move right along here. His fourth house is Capricorn. And, you know, basically, if you're Libra rising like I am, see, Eric and I are close because his rising is 21, mine is 20. So our charts are similar as we are both similar, although our planets are scattered. But that's why rising signs get along good when they're in the same sign. His fourth house is Capricorn, 21 Capricorn to 21 Aquarius. So there is a Capricorn Aquarian vibration connected with fourth house activities. Now, do you work a lot around the house, Eric? Do you do a lot of homework for the job at home? Uh, yeah, every once in a while, yeah. Every once in a while. Have you ever had a career out of the home before? No, I haven't, but uh, recently I'm trying to start one. Okay, that's normal. The sign of Capricorn on the fourth house cusp, a lot of Libra risings find themselves working at home. The astrology office happens to be in my home, so I can concur with that. There's also Capricorn Aquarius combination because he has 21 degrees of Aquarius included in that fourth house cusp. So he does probably like to entertain his friends. 
and his home would be very homey, you know, <laughs> maybe a drop zone in some areas, maybe not because of all of his Virgo, but uh, still a place, a home is like a goal also for him with that Aquarian vibration. Lord of Capricorn is Saturn. We find Saturn over there in his fifth house in Aquarius. So there is a karma there connected with the family now and the home. So growing up, there could have been some restrictions, maybe some discipline. You might have been a total rebel with your family. You might have even run away a few times. Can you concur with that? Almost, but no, not really. Not re really, but there probably was a little bit too much more discipline than you'd like to have. and um, A few conflicts. Maybe not as much happiness because Saturn was in Aquarius. Right. Okay, so there could be a goal restriction. Let's do a couple more houses here before we go to the phones, just to get you the basic idea of how this works. Eric's fifth house is Aquarius, 21 Aquarius to 21 Pisces, and he has one planet there, Saturn in the fifth, and this is his karma planet, major lesson in life. And we look at his Saturn, see how it is aspected, and we see that his Saturn, it's square his Venus, and it's square his Mercury in the eighth house. So there is a karma here with people. See, there's an intense karma here. When you have fifth house aggression, fifth house planet, squared us, eighth house Venus and Mercury, there's violence here in this chart, Eric. Has there been some violence in your life, Guy? Oh, not really. Uh, just a little bit of a temper. A little bit of a temper. Yeah. H have you ever witnessed violence or have you ever been in a position of danger before? Oh, I have seen uh, a few conflicts between other people. Never had a gun pulled on you or anything? Uh, no. Oh, good. Okay. How about, are you married? No. Okay. <laughs> Would you say you have a lot of karma with yourself and women? Uh, not really. I've been pretty steady for about uh, nine years now with someone. Oh, you have yeah. a girlfriend for nine years. Okay, is that because you're the boss? Uh, no, not really. We're we're pretty equal. Okay, now, is your Saturn 5 Aquarius or 23? I can't tell from this. Do you remember? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's 5. 5, okay, okay, so you don't, oh, good. Good, okay, thank you, because I thought you had a, a Venus square Saturn and a Mercury square Saturn, so, okay, forget all that violence. <laughs> okay, thank So your Saturn here except for an inconjunct to Mars, and a wide square to Neptune is almost kind of floating there. So it uh, looks like your Saturn return is going to probably be, uh, you know, basically one concerning your own personal creativity and confidence. Now, has lack of confidence or lack of optimism been a problem for you? A little bit. A little bit, okay. Because typically Saturn in Aquarius oftentimes has problems with goals, directions, and depending on friends and being happy connected with saints. Okay, well, in chart interpretation, we would continue to go around and, and analyze the sixth house to find out how Eric's uh, health and how his service implication and factors would be. And he has Pisces on the sixth with Jupiter in the sixth in Aries. Then we continue with his seventh house and talk about his partnerships and relationships and commitment factors. His eighth house would reflect, of course, his more intimate connections, legacies, inheritances, other people's property and assets and his sexual factors, and which is personal. And you continue around the wheel, ninth house philosophy and optimism, 10th house careers, 11th house goals and friends, and 12th house spirit side or enemy side. And you do have sun in, uh, I'm sorry, you, you don't have any planets in the 12th. That's a transiting sun in the 12th. So it means you could be affected by an enemy in your life right now. I don't know if anyone's come out of the woodwork. Has anyone caused you a problem this week? Uh, a couple. A couple people, okay, because <laughs> when you have a planet in the 12th transiting square your moon, sometimes people turn against you and uh, try to hurt you. But I don't have time to go through his whole chart and interpret this, but I did just want to give all of you the gist as to how you do that. Basically, like I've been saying all week, 
the true form of astrological understanding is memorization. And to memorize, you just pull out that little brochure that I include with all my astroscopes. says how horoscopes work, gives you a paragraph on each one of the signs, and a discussion on each one of the houses, and a paragraph on each one of the planets, including the sun, moon, and ascendant, and a paragraph on each one of the aspects. And when you have that all down, uh, you can start to read a chart like a road map and start to weed through it and uh, include all the combinations to try to find the person, to find the self, to find the individual individuality and the uniqueness. I once again remind you that squares and oppositions do reveal the karma or the lessons, the pain, the obsession, sometimes the selfishness that we have that we must go through in order to evolve. And once again remind you there is a second chart, the transit chart, the moving chart in the sky, the planets that move through the sky and also move through your chart and set off your chart because each one of the trillions of cells, the 30 trillion cells or whatever you have in your body, has a chart imprint, a circuit imprint of the universe at birth, cosmically imprinted in each cell. So whenever the planets move through the sky, they transit and they set off the numbers and the planetary locations in your chart, which set up experiences. So astrology tells us two things for sure. The character, the profile, and the individuality and the separation that a person, the illusion of separation, the uniqueness a soul has chosen, and the timing or the cycles and the rhythm that that individuality, that soul will go through during its life from the transit effect of the moving planets. So not only do we get the vehicle from the chart, but we get where the vehicle goes and how it will respond from the transits or the movements of the planets through the chart. And Eric Newcomb, thank you for letting... Was that interesting for you? Most definitely. Thank you for letting me use your chart. And he asked a general question, so he was given the the prize of coming down here, and you never know what's going to happen when you come down here, for sure. My name is Farley Malaris. This is Astrological Metaphysical Radio. The station is KFOX, Redondo Beach, 93.5 FM. So if you're listening up or down the coast in the valleys or east of L.A., anywhere north of L.A., and you can pick up this station and hear the show, thank you for joining us. We are here weekdays at 12 noon, 93.5 FM. We are a public-supported radio show. That's another edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio. Hope you liked it. See you real soon. Weekdays in the Fox at 12 noon. Bye-bye. 